Welcome back to the 100th episode of Moms That Lead. This is part two of a two-part series about why you are the leader that we need. I'm Terry Schmidt, your podcast host, and if you haven't listened to part one, pause this episode and go do that first. If you did listen, how did you do this past week on the actions you chose to focus on in order to create trust and stability? And remember the exciting announcement that I made at the end of the last episode? We're bringing the skills that we have the benefit of learning each day as a mom to a larger audience. And after today's episode, you will see the name of this podcast change in your feed. It will go from being Moms That Lead to Strong Leaders Serve. You don't have to do anything. If you're subscribed, which you should be, it will just change in your feeds. Wondering if you should still listen? If this podcast is still for you, here's a quick quiz, because of course everyone loves a quiz, with questions that we introduced on the last episode. Number one, do you have an insatiable hunger to make a positive difference in others' lives through the way you lead? Number two, thinking about your team, do you crave experiences that help them develop into leaders themselves? And number three, Do you want to do the first two in a way that enhances your well-being instead of causing you to burn out? If you answered yes, then you are the perfect person to continue to listen to Strong Leaders Serve for mentoring and inspirational stories to support you in your leadership journey. And perhaps, more importantly, you are the leader that we need today. So remember the last episode, we started talking about what those you lead need most from you. We referenced Gallup's research that found that people on teams need trust, stability, compassion, and hope. Last episode, we reviewed what the brilliant women who have been guests on our show had to say about trust and stability. This week, we're going to focus on some of my favorites, compassion and hope. So let's start with compassion. Gallup says that compassion means caring about your followers holistically while seeing them as more than just their ability to perform. I love that. Seeing them as more than just their ability to perform. So how do we do this? The principles of servant leadership, as well as several of our past guests, offer clues. Principle one of servant leadership is listening. I love that it's the first principle. Remember the story that Sean Overcast told us when she was talking about leadership presence back in episode 50? Leadership presence isn't something that we get by looking outside of us. It's something, and certainly we can look for role models, but it doesn't look the same for every Mm -hmm. person. We get it by spending time and looking within ourselves to see what do I need to be able to be present to feel present with those in the room and then making decisions about what does that need to look like? What might I need to adjust in my behavior? The skill building journey can, can move from there, but presence begins within. Tell me, tell me a little bit more about that. I was, this happens to me almost weekly, (laughs) (laughs) but I was reminded of presence not too long ago by my younger daughter. 
And I think this is something with your listeners that many of us can identify with, that we are physically present with our children a lot. We are cooking dinner, we are helping with homework, we are running errands, we're at sports events, we are cleaning the house, a lot of interaction and time to be present with our children. We're answering questions, we're making decisions, we're responding to mommy, 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 all day, especially in the summer when they're home more. And one day my daughter took my face in between her little hands and directed my face toward her face. And I could see her. And she said, are you listening to me? (laughs) Not being mean or, you know, she just was honestly wanted my attention physically stopped me with a very sweet hands on my face Mm -hmm. to say, are you listening? And I wasn't, I was just doing. Mm -hmm. And that moment of being able to see her is one of those reminders of needing to be present. How many of you have had an experience like that? Although those who we lead at work probably aren't going to take our faces in their hands, it's a great visual reminder to be fully present exactly where you are. Another principle of servant leadership is empathy. According to Brene Brown in her book, Atlas of the Heart, empathy is an emotional skill set that allows us to understand what someone else is experiencing and to reflect back that understanding. This doesn't mean that we take on everyone's emotion, but instead, we are able to understand and respond with compassion when someone is suffering. That's hard enough to do when we're talking about people that you agree with. But remember when Sarah Odlin talked about the necessity and power of empathy when dealing with those you may not get along with that well? Suspicion is never the right place to start to build anything new. So (laughs) if we're sitting in a place of fear and a place of judgment about what we assume others are thinking and planning and wanting for our communities, we will push them away. We can't, we can't lead effectively at all. It shrinks out what we talk a lot about our circle of concern. It's very easy to share and care and be kind to the people in your immediate circle, your friends and family. And we talk all the time and doing it together about pushing that circle outward and in expanding it to, to mean all people really, and to, to really share care and concern with, with your community. When you're not trusting, when you're assuming other people are a force against you, against your community, you're not going to lead with all of those people in mind and -hmm. you're going to get it wrong. We're going to get it wrong. Mm -hmm. If we don't have some empathy for the people that we disagree with, the one thing the pandemic really forced us to do was shrink those circles. We, we had to, and the work of this summer, the work of this next year, I think is to, to push that boundary of who we're caring about and who we're connecting with back out to the wider world, being able to see the humanity in one another, being able to raise up that humanity and demand that it get the respect it needs for all people. Yeah, there's that's that's the core reason that mm-hmm. we all need to be focusing mm-hmm. on that as leaders. But there are lots of, there's just a lot of science to back up teaching our kids empathy. And it has to do with social connections. They're going to make better friends as they grow. They're going to be able to manage well, they're going to be able to lead their own 
whatever portion of life they want mm-hmm. to be leaders in, they will be better leaders for their ability to recognize what other people need and mm-hmm. what other people are experiencing. It, it, decreases stress when we engage in empathetic activities, engage in Mm -hmm. service and helping others. It makes you feel better. There's even some evidence that makes you live longer. Mm -hmm. So there's no reason not to practice empathy. And remember when Cherie Canning gave us a great catchphrase to remember about how to practice empathy? It is recognizing that every person we interact with believe that they're doing the best that they can and meet them where they are with curiosity and kindness because you never know the impact you're going to have on their day and and where that goes so get curious before you get furious and it is like always just seeking to understand and don't get frustrated just Mm -hmm. get curious i love that get curious before you get furious Obviously, there's much more to leading with compassion that we'll talk about on future episodes. But I think keeping these ideas in mind is a great start this week. And remember, you've likely had practice with many of these in your role as a mom. To review, leading with compassion starts with caring about your followers holistically, seeing them as more than just their ability to perform, listening and being present, Remember the image of Sean's daughter if it helps. Remembering that suspicion is never the right place to start to build anything new and to work on having empathy even when we disagree. And lastly, getting curious before we get furious. Okay, so on to our last need of followers according to Gallup and something that I think you're uniquely qualified to deliver as a mom. Hope. Gallup says that hope is about having a clear direction for the future that helps followers to feel more enthusiastic. This also has strong ties to the principles of servant leadership, particularly the the principle of conceptualization, knowing where you are headed, and foresight, learning from the past to improve decision-making. So, over the past 100 episodes that were admittedly created at a time where having hope was particularly challenging, what have we learned about instilling hope? Let's start with a flashback back to episode 35, the episode that was titled, All I Really Needed to Know About Team Development I Learned from My Kids. In that episode, I talked about three important team leadership lessons I learned from parenting. The first was believing in people's potential. Believe in the potential. Now, this probably comes pretty easy for you as a parent to believe in the potential of your kid. After all, they came from you, so of course they have potential, right? Because they're your kids, you can probably also tell when they think that you don't believe in their potential. And you've probably seen the results that happen when that happens. You've seen them perform poorly, or you've seen the hurt that is on their face when they think you don't believe in their potential. But while it might be easy for you to see your kid's potential, Can you see the same for your team, for every member on your team? Do you see something that they can contribute to delivering the results that your team needs to deliver? How about during a pandemic and an economic downturn when everything seems chaotic and challenging? Can you still see the potential then? I hope so, because the fact is that's exactly the time when you need to see the potential the most. When everything is chaotic 
and challenging, that's when hope really matters. And by seeing the potential, that's how leaders bring hope and keep everyone moving forward. As Rick Warren said, vision is the ability to see potential in what others overlook. So if you're having trouble seeing the potential in your team, I encourage you to think of small changes, small improvements that you are confident that your team can deliver on. And focus on those. Even a small step forward will bring hope and motivation to both you and to those on your team. But I'd argue to instill hope, you need to not just believe in your team members' potential, but you need to inspire them to believe it too. How do you do that? My favorite has always been to have quick reflection chats or conversations after each time a team member had an opportunity to demonstrate their work. I found ways to point out how their unique talents came through in whatever they were doing. In addition, I love what Daniel Coyle says in his book Culture Code, that to help people feel like they belong, each interaction should have three qualities. Number one, it should be full of energy. Number two, it should be individualized. And number three, it should be future-oriented. How can you apply those three criteria to an interaction you're going to have with a team member today? Even when Coyle is talking about giving tough feedback, it's in a way that instills hope. He says, I am giving you critical feedback because I have high expectations of you and I know that you can meet them. You hear that? The belief in the person's potential? Another way to instill hope is to set goals together. Here's what we discussed in the same episode. The second lesson that you've probably learned from parenting your kids is to set goals together. Just as you probably know that it's not going to be successful when you tell your teenage son what his goals should be, neither is dictating all your team's goals to them going to drive the commitment and performance that you need for the team to accomplish great things. Yes, of course you may have corporate goals that you don't have much control over, but you can still help your team to take ownership of the goals that they set to contribute to those corporate goals. In fact, the process is really the same whether you're setting goals with your kids or with your team. First, you need to make sure that there's a clear understanding of the why behind the goal. So just as you would talk about with your kids why they want to accomplish a certain goal, like winning a championship or getting all A's, you also want to talk to your team about why maybe you have a goal of improving your customer service scores. It's that understanding and commitment to the purpose behind the goal that's going to carry both your kids and your team through the hard times. Not only that, but you also want to make sure that you set process, performance, and outcome goals. Now, sometimes it's easy to go straight to the outcome. I want to win that championship, or we need to get those scores up. But the problem is, a lot of times, outcome goals are out of your control. Think about that from the parenting perspective. Your son wants to win a championship. Well, he can't control what the others are doing or what the conditions on game day are going to be. Can he influence the results? Yes. Just as your team can influence the results. 
That's where process and performance goals come in. So process goals are those small milestones that you have control of that you can reach in a short time period. So maybe a process goal for winning a championship is to make sure that you attend practice every day. Similarly, a process goal for raising customer satisfaction scores may be specific behaviors that you all commit to that you know lead to higher customer satisfaction. Then the performance goal is about comparing it to a set standard. So let's say your son wanted to win a cross-country championship. The performance goal might be instead setting a goal for his mile time during the race. Similarly, you may have the same type of performance goals for those customer satisfaction scores that we were talking about. Instead of the outcome of having the best customer satisfaction scores in the industry, an outcome goal, you might have a performance goal of increasing customer satisfaction scores month over month. The important thing, though, back to the beginning, is that the team has some ownership of those goals by having an opportunity to talk about the why behind the goal and also having some input on what those process and performance goals are that hopefully will ultimately contribute to the outcome. And finally, I was reminded of one additional way to establish hope when I went back and listened to episode 85 with Lori Mahalik-Levin. It's about making sure our vision of the future is clear and informs the priorities that we set individually and as a team today. Lori talked about how being a parent makes you focus on the things that matter. And how do you determine the things that matter? Likely by thinking about and hoping for the future you want to have. Prioritization of the things that matter. I think in parenthood, I became laser focused on the daily priorities that needed to happen because I didn't have any margin in my day for all the extra and the gossip and the detritus and all the other stuff. So there you have it. Three strategies for instilling hope. Inspire belief in their potential. Set goals together. And ensure that your vision of the future determines the priorities you set and live out today. So what will you do this week to work on leading with compassion and hope? I'd love to hear about it. Finally, three closing thoughts for this 100th episode. First, thank you. Thank you for being a part of this community. Whether you've listened to all 100 episodes or have just started listening recently, Knowing that there are leaders like you out there inspires me and keeps me hopeful for the future. I know that you, as Simon Sinek says, care less about being in charge and more about caring for those in your charge. Thank you for being the leader that we need. Second, after the last two episodes, I hope you can see that servant leadership isn't an obscure leadership theory that was created decades ago. It's something that you practice every day. The change of the podcast title to Strong Leaders Serve isn't really a change at all. Moms that lead are, by nature, strong leaders who serve. So I hope you'll join us for the next 100 episodes 
and connect with us on LinkedIn, which will be our primary source of social media communication. And finally, in case you haven't gotten it yet, you are the leader that we need. In your everyday actions, you are going to help promote a compassionate, hope-inducing style of leadership that by its nature creates more leaders. I believe in you, and I am here to support you along the way. Until next time, lead with love.